Hi everyone, I'm Liam and this is Words with Women. Welcome back to another episode of Words with Women. Our guest for today is Elizabeth Namofsky, host of Finance is Personal, a show which focuses on educating women of all ages on financial literacy. Elizabeth has a background working in the television broadcasting industry and has over 20 years of experience in the financial industry. She is known for her passion for financial literacy and advocacy for women's issues. In today's episode, we will talk about financial literacy and the importance of empowering women at work and outside of work. So join us for words of advice, words of wisdom on your value podcast, Words with Women. Welcome back to Words with Women. Elizabeth Namowski, host of Finance is Personal, is joining us. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Elizabeth. Well, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and support you guys. And Anisha is back with us as well. Welcome back, Anisha. Hello, it's great to be here again. Welcome both of you and hope you're enjoying the weather this week. It's, it's really beautiful outside. Sadly, I haven't had the opportunity to um, to experience it at all because when I leave in the morning, I'm in the car driving to the office a little bit cooler and then, okay. you know, rushed home to speak with you guys. So <laughs> I, it does look pretty out there. Yeah, <laughs> it does well, look nice. <laughs> it does. Then hopefully by the weekend, it will be as uh, as beautiful as today. So today's episode is all about finance and women empowerment. And Elizabeth, I know that you are a strong advocate for financial literacy and a champion for women's issues. So what is the story behind your passion and how did it all start for you? You know, it's it's really interesting. I... um. You know, my parents were immigrants. My mother kind of, you know, she worked just like everybody's mother works, right? To put food on the table. And she struggled and she struggled with language and the language. They didn't have any family here, didn't know anyone here. Um, you know, it was a very big struggle for her. And, you know, as I was growing up, I realized that many women in Canada end up retiring in poverty. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why is they don't understand finance. You know, immigrants, their husbands were in charge of writing checks, paying the bills. They didn't know how to write a check. They didn't know any of that information. Um, gone through a really bad divorce where, you know, you had a specific lifestyle before and now that lifestyle has been taken away. Um, and, and the big picture is if you look at women, uh, Statistics Canada came out with a report October 2019. That's the latest report that they had. And they say that for every $1 a man makes, a woman makes 87 cents. Wow. So what does that tell you? If a man makes $100,000, we're only making $87,000, which means we've left $13,000 on the table. Over 10 years, it's 130000 Over 20 years, which is, you know, your career, it's $260,000. And, you know, women don't have a linear work life like men do. They start their career, they end. Women typically start their career, then, you know, maybe they get another job, maybe they don't. They have a child, they stay at home. They have another child, they stay at home. So their, their, their work has always been, you know, up and down. It hasn't been linear. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is, I mean, okay, so we do make less money, but we also live longer. So the average age of a man, I think, is 80. And for a woman, it's 84. So here we are. We live longer on less money. 
And that's why I, you know, I've been so passionate about it all. Yeah, I think the first time when you when you mentioned the difference between how much men make um, compared to uh, to women, I thought it's like there is a difference, but not that big of a difference. But when you put it into perspective in like annual salary a man compared to a woman, then you you kind of see more the the huge gap. But just remember that every penny counts, right? Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was younger you know, going, you know, door to door for Halloween, we would have those UNICEF boxes. And at the time we had pennies in Canada and, you know, people would put their spare pennies in and, you know, you could feed all these underprivileged children and you can help the world with pennies. And, you know, you'd walk down the street and some people didn't want them in their pockets because they were heavy or whatever. And, you know, you'd pick up a penny. It was a lucky penny. So, you know, I'm not saying that a penny is going to make you wealthy, but every penny counts. Yeah, it matters, definitely. And I know that we talk a lot about empowering women at work, uh, in the boardroom, and having like diversity quotas as well. But how can we empower women inside and outside the boardroom? You know, I think it's really important that you ask this question because every time I'm asked to speak, it's always about how do I feel empowered at work and in the boardroom? And I'm going to talk about that. But to me as well, women are buying their own homes. Women are buying their own cars. You know, you need to be empowered outside in your personal life just as much as you are at work, right? So if you're going to look at work, and and this is in your personal life as well, learn to have your voice heard. I'm not saying yell at people, but you know what? If you have something to say, say it, right? You have to build your confidence. And in order to build your confidence, you take risks. People are so afraid of making a decision and it's a wrong decision. Okay, so what? It's a wrong decision. It's a 50-50, right? It's either right or it's wrong. So if you made a wrong decision, take another risk, right? Make another decision because all of those failures, when we take risk, they build our foundation for confidence, for success, right? So, you know, don't be afraid to add to a conversation. A lot of young women have said to me, you know, I, I'm in, I'm in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And the majority of the students are men. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say something. Just say it. Who cares? You know what? Say it. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But if they don't choose to listen to you and you're right, you need to be heard. Like, who cares whether you're right or wrong? And the key, too, is you have to negotiate for yourself, right? Outside of the workforce. And I'm going to tell you a story. Mm -hmm. So I bought my house. And single, single woman, I had a leak in the ceiling, okay. right? I had water dripping out of light fixtures. So at the time we had the yellow pages. So I went through, I didn't know, I didn't know where to find somebody. So I went through the yellow pages and I found a gentleman and he came to my house. I let him into my house and he had to come into one of the bedrooms. So here I am letting a stranger in my house and I've got to take him upstairs into a bedroom. And in that one bedroom was the attic. He said, well, I've got to go upstairs and take a look at the attic. And I said, okay, well, I'm coming up with you. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's my house. I've never been up there. I think it's about time I got up there. So I'm following you. So he climbs through this tiny little hole. I climb in after him. And he says to me, you see that, that this is wrong and this is wrong. And he's telling me that everything about my house is wrong. So we climb out of the attic and we're standing in this bedroom. And I said, you know, can you tell me like an estimate? How, how much do you think it's going to cost to fix this? 
And he said, oh yeah, it's about $40,000. And I said, I- I'm sorry. To me, it, that seems a little um, excessive. That's a lot. <laughs> and he said to me, well, you could afford it. You work on Bay Street. And I said, well, I'm sorry. How, how do you know where I work? He said, oh, I've seen you on TV before. Because at the oh. time, I had my TV shows on Rogers Cable 10. And they were our live phone-in shows. So you never know when people see you or what they assume about you. And so I felt uncomfortable. And I said, okay, let's do this. Here's my business card. I want you to send me three estimates. One estimate as to what's really important that has to be done right away. The second estimate to whatever, you know, uh, I have to worry about, you know, a year or two years from now. And the third estimate, you know, you don't really need to do it, but it's part of the $40,000 package. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I never heard from him again. He definitely wanted to take advantage of the situation. So we need to negotiate an advocate for ourselves outside of the boardroom because you know what it's our money that we've saved and it's our money that we have to spend when somebody comes to you um and 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 you're hiring them to do something for you not only do you have to advocate for yourself and negotiate mm-hmm. read the fine print take the time to read things because if your name is going on something you want to make sure that mm-hmm. you know you're not paying for something for 10 years instead of, you know, five years. And it's the same at work too, right? I mean, the same principles that you have at work, at your desk, in the boardroom. I mean, they should be carried throughout to your personal life as well. This somewhat reminded me of the, uh, some companies when they come on campus and they give students like free credit cards. Like if you want a credit card. Nothing is free. Exactly. And a lot of students don't even know how credit cards work. I personally didn't really know how everything works at first. So I just remember them like coming and like handing free credit cards and saying you can get like a free bottle or you can get this for free if like you get the credit card, which is not like the best way. So you just end up with a bunch of credit cards that you don't even use five years or six years from now. Someone calls you and tell you like you have a credit card under your name. Um, so definitely we should be aware of what we do and we sign up for. I think people need to understand what compounded interest is, mm-hmm. right? It's yes. the same thing of, you know, when you're buying your home, there's a principal and, and, and the interest that you pay off. Um, so back in 2019, I had one last bill to pay for my wedding mm-hmm. and my credit card bill was $13,000. And if I only paid $10 a month, which was the minimum payment for $13,000, it would take me 109 years and 11 months to pay off. So think about what compounded interest is. I don't know how much it would have cost me because I I didn't figure it out. But look at that, $13,000 debt on your credit card. You pay $10 minimum per month and that's it. And a lot of people think, I'll just pay the minimum. Yeah. Well, it would take me 108 years and 11 months to pay off. That's more than what we would live. I would just haunt you for a very, very long time. But that's a lot of stress and anxiety yeah, as well, right? Exactly. So we need to live our lives without that stress and anxiety. We need to focus on things that are good for us, things that will make us flourish. We need to make sure that we don't have that credit card debt or whatever debt it is that just immobilizes us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, I know that you started your show, Finance is Personal, to help women um, 
explaining the lessons, some of the lessons that you just mentioned. Um, what was the initial inspiration and vision for launching your show? You know, it was it was really interesting because it, I kind of fell into it because my background is television broadcasting. And when I left broadcasting and went to work in finance, um, you know, one of the things that I said was I still want to do um, things in television broadcasting. And at the time, a friend of mine was hosting a show on Rogers. And I, I think she at the time went to go and do an online, um, an online show. So I went in and I auditioned and I got it. So I ended up doing the, the finance show for a year. It was an hour live phone in and then she came back to it. So then I filled in for her while she was speaking or unavailable or whatever. And then they canceled that show. Then they came back with another show like five years, six years later. And I think it was 2015, 2016, Rogers came back to me and said, do you want to do another show? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And then Rogers changed their mandate and closed cable 10. And then a director that I used to work with in my previous life, my previous career <laughs> contacted me in 2018 and said, do you, do you want to do a show? And I said, absolutely. And he said, you know, what's the premise of it? And I said, uh, he came up with the name Finance is Personal. Mm -hmm. But I said, I want to do it focused around women. Women are the matriarchs in their home and they teach their children. So if they understand financial literacy, they will teach it to their children. Absolutely. And, you know, women always understand they, you know, they have a budget, it's the budget for shopping, you know, cooking, whatever they're doing at home, they know where their money is going when they're, when they're, you know, trying to feed their family. So um, that's one of the reasons why. And the other one was, you know, I would look at all these television shows, these finance shows, and every guest was a man. And I thought, well, women have a voice and there's so many of them out there that are really, really super smart. And I'd like to see them on TV. I was watching uh, last week. I've been watching a lot of your episodes and I, thank you. yeah, they're very educational and I learned a lot of, uh, of things just by watching from the guests that you have and like the topics that you talk about. Um, so in a way, uh, I'm just curious, how has your past experiences contributed to your skill set? Yeah, I, you know, my mother always said to me, you know, don't ever say no to anything, you know, you can do whatever you want to. And so I have always, I always get involved, you know, if something's happening, I'm like, oh, that looks like fun. I think I'm going to go do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I want to learn more about that. Okay, I'm going to go do that. Right. So I'm always doing something. Um, I've always been an advocate for women. I've always been very supportive of women, even, even when I was younger, right? And, you know, growing up, there were, you know, you'd see all these protests and I thought they were really interesting and I wanted to know what they were about. I always, as I said, I get asked by a lot of young women, you know, how do you make a decision? You know, how do I gain confidence? So stuff like that has been really important to me because so many young women have approached me. You know, it's interesting through finances personal, a lot of universities have been reaching out to me for female empowerment. I'm on one of the committees for the United Macedonian Diaspora. They're outside of, uh, they're, they're located in Washington, D.C. And they have the Gen M division, which is the next generation. And I was watching a lot of the younger women doing webcasts on Zoom. And I was watching them 
just, you know, the headshots and what they were wearing and how they were presenting themselves and saying like, 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 like all the time. And so I contacted my friend um, at the United Macedonian Diaspora and I said, I want to do a session to help these women. He wanted to have like 200 people. And I said, no, he wanted to have, you know, a hundred people. And I said, no, it needs to be like a handful and we're not going to record it because I want people to feel authentic and I want people to ask questions where they'll feel comfortable asking questions and, and, and not feel intimidated by, you know, watching a video afterwards. But the key was there were eight women on this call. Mm-hmm. Three were from Toronto, three were from Australia. One was from Italy and one was from Macedonia. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that the questions that you're asking me are the exact same questions that these women around the world are asking as well. So it's a universal thing. Everyone Absolutely. Which asking. means ask questions, make a decision and don't be afraid. I think it's just a really common thing amongst women in general is that confidence and not worrying about what other people think, especially for me, that one's a big one. So just finding your voice in a room of other people. But Anisha, that comes with age as well. Yeah. Right? That comes with experience. That comes with, you know, failing so many times and just, you know, coming home feeling defeated, going, oh, I, what am I going to do tomorrow? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just have to pick myself up and move on. To me right now, it just seems that financial literacy and female empowerment go hand in hand because they have so much, they give you so much together. Well, saving money, you know, having some money gives you confidence as well. Someone said uh, that confidence is a byproduct of all your experiences where, and I think that shifted my perspective a lot because before I used to think, well, something that you have or you don't have. But when I learned that it's something that you can develop uh, through your experiences and like be aware of the things that you did, not just go through them uh, without being aware of everything that you do and how you're gaining your experience really shifted my perspective. We think we need to know it all. We don't need to know it all. What we have to do is surround ourselves with really good people. I can tell you that I will never fail at anything ever. And you're probably going, how's it possible? Yeah. That's because I surround myself with some pretty incredible friends, male and female. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If there's something that I don't know, I will email, text, pick up the phone and ask questions. Hey, you just did this. How did it go for you? What do you think? Oh my gosh, I have this decision to make. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little confused, not sure which way to go. What would you do? You know, talk to friends, surround yourself with good people. Everybody thinks that they have to do everything on their own. It's, it's about being comfortable asking for help as well. And I think that's another piece as well, because a lot of people, they think that asking for help would make them look weak or mm-hmm. not good enough. It is actually strength. So I think we have to get that weakness out of our mindset because asking questions, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I don't know this. I do it at work all the time. I'll go to the chairman. I'm like, I don't understand this. And he'll be like, okay. And he'll explain it to me. Nobody will say, you don't know what's wrong with you. You should know this. Why? I don't need to know everything in the entire world. Definitely. <laughs> I know enough. <laughs> right. Just like you. you, you both know enough. You don't need to know everything. If, you know, if there's something that you don't understand about financial literacy, call me up. Hey, I've got this question. Let's explain it. Let's help you out. I mean, people need to understand as well. You're the next generation coming up. You need to be bigger, better, stronger than me and my generation. So we need to help you. 
You do what you got to do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. I overthink things quite a bit. So asking for help is just. Um, like for me, in order for me to take care of myself and, and slow my brain down, I work out. And I need a really good hard workout to clear the stress from my head and clear my brain. And as I had mentioned to you before, I like to paint. So on Saturday, it was Liz day. And I set up my kitchen. I set up my theory of a dead man music. I opened up some bubbly and I painted for four and a half hours. And that makes me happy. Yeah. That's personal time, like to just relax and everything. But I think we all need that personal time, no matter how many assignments you have, no matter how many exams you have coming up, because when you're burnt out or you're stressed to the max, you're not good for yourself. Yeah. Someone said on Twitter, you either um, pick a day for yourself or your body will pick it for you. And I think that's just so true. It is. Yeah. Because when your body picks it for you, it's way too late. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're not in charge yeah. anymore. Exactly. What are ways that we can help women increase their financial literacy and their comfort level when it comes to making financial decisions for themselves? Number one, they can watch finance as personal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, number two, ask questions. Ask a lot of questions, right? Open up a bank account, see how it works, get a credit card, but don't rack it up. See how it works. You know, if you need to buy something, um, pay it off every month. Don't just pay the minimum. Um, You know, start to save your money as soon as you graduate. And that's something, I mean, we're always told, you know, go to school to get good marks. Once you get your good marks, you're going to get into a great university. Once you, um, you know, once you're done with university and you graduate, now you're looking for a great paying job. So now you've got a great paying job. Now what? Okay, well, you have to live your life, but you also have to start thinking for you, for your future. Start putting money aside, put money aside for an emergency fund. Look at, we're all going through a pandemic right now. None of us have ever been through this before. Some people have lost their jobs and have no income coming in. However, if you have an emergency fund, put some money aside. It's a little helpful during times of crisis. Mm -hmm. The other thing Mm -hmm. I keep talking about is making frugality fashionable. How many people out there want a brand new cell phone? How many people out there want the designer shoes or the designer handbag? I love all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. If you can afford it, I don't think Go you for should, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the key things too. Like we have to think about living within our means and not living with debt. And there are other, um, there are other things to do as well. There's um, the Women's Collection is a is a great website, financial literacy website, financespersonal.ca, which is mine. Um, and there, and you know what? When in doubt, reach out and speak to an investment advisor or a financial planner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are there to manage your money, to help you build, you know, pick goals and, and achieve your goals. You don't have to do everything on an app. You can actually talk to somebody. They can help you with your financial future. Definitely. I think it's also about being aware 
that the information is accessible and it's not just for certain people. It's open and available for everyone, including the public. So it's just a matter to go out of your way and ask the questions and um, get the answers that you need to be uh, good financially like in, in your life. Speaking of more personal questions, um, we know that you have been nominated for quite a couple awards for your philanthropic efforts including the Wealth Professional 2020 Award for the McKenzie Investment Award for Female Trailblazer of the Year and the 2019 Wealth Professional IFSE Institute Award for Financial Literacy Champion. What is your proudest accomplishment? Yeah, so last year, okay, let's go two years ago, 2019, I was the inaugural winner of the Wealth Professional IFSE Financial Literacy Champion. Um, I have to say that was pretty sweet. That was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Now, last year I was a finalist for female trailblazer. I didn't get it, but I also was, um, the, I won the alumni of distinction award at Mohawk college. Mm -hmm. And that was really sweet as well. And the interesting part about that award was, it came with a $500 bursary or a scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so they called me up and they asked me, what did I want to do with that? And I said, well, COVID has really, really hurt single moms the most because a lot mm -hmm. of them had to give up their jobs so that they could stay at home with their children because there really wasn't any childcare. Yeah. So I am a firm believer of supporting women in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, because those are all male-dominated industries. And I yeah. think women need to be, you know, more dominant in those industries. So when I spoke to Mohawk, I said, I would like the bursary to go to a single mom that is enrolled in any STEM class. And if they're, uh, they don't have a single mom enrolled, then a young woman, a, a woman. And then I thought about it and I thought, wow, this is an incredible opportunity. So I started a bursary at Mohawk, a yearly bursary, $500 for a single mom that is enrolled in any STEM course there. And if a single mom's not enrolled, then, then a woman. And that is what I'm most proud of. Yeah, that's definitely amazing. Did you get a chance to talk to the recipients after or? Not yet, not yet. Apparently they get the recipient to write a thank you letter. Okay. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. Another one of the things that I'm really proud of is I am a, I, I donate blood. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I saw that on your website. Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just donated my 66th mm -hmm. donation and the fact that you can save a stranger's life to me is incredible. What motivated me was, um, I don't even know how, how long ago, maybe 15 years ago, my mom was diagnosed with stomach cancer. We, she went in and she had her surgery and I was speaking with the surgeon afterwards and the surgeon looked at me and said, this is a, a big surgery. Your mother may need a blood transfusion. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I'm terrified of needles, but I'll, I'll step up and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my blood. And she looked at me and she said, it's not the way it's done. 
Um, she says, you know, we have to use the blood from Canadian blood services, but you are young, you are healthy, and you really should think about going to donate blood. And I said to her, I promise I will donate once. And mm -hmm. I've done 66 times now. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, hopefully I will get over my phobia of needles as well. And it will be thanks to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It takes less than 10 minutes. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Now we're going to move to the rapid three, two, one. Um, okay. So we have three questions. The first question will have a three word answer. The second question will have a two word answer. And the last question will have a one word answer. So much pressure. <laughs> okay. So let's go with the first question. What are the three values that got you where you are today? So if you have to pick three values, what would they be? Number one is patience. Okay which my cat taught me. She's a there rescue. We go. <laughs> Be true to yourself. That's the second one. And if you're true to who you are, that will give you confidence, happiness, and gratitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other one is, well, it's two words, honesty, integrity. Perfect. My mother left the village <laughs> when she was 19. She met my father and had me when she was 21. She raised me with her old fashioned village values of honesty and integrity. Mm -hmm. So those, those are, I said four words, not three. Sorry. Perfect. That's no problem. <laughs> and uh, moving on to the second question, what are the two things uh, that make you feel motivated and inspired? So if let's say your day is not going well, or the two things that keep you moving, keep you going and grounded? So uh, number one is helping others, whether it's through friendship, financial literacy, female empowerment, blood donation, giving back, um, booking COVID vaccines for a coworker, um, helping others really, really is inspirational for me. Um, taking on challenges and trying new things. Um, which includes never saying no, but saying I'll try, as I said, and pushing myself. And, and that's mental, physical. That's what I mean by taking on challenges, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to work out, to clear my brain, remove the negativity and relieve the stress. And number four is to have a passion project. To me, it's financial literacy, female empowerment and blood donations and painting. I love to take that time for myself to paint. Um, but I think passion projects just help fuel who you are so that it allows you to deal with whatever work stresses or life stresses you have to deal with along the way. Definitely. I think for me, the passion project would be this podcast. Let's see. Yeah. And that's great. And could you imagine what this podcast will be like five years from now? I will be able to answer your question properly after summer. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and uh, for the last question, what is one skill that you think is important in all aspects of life? So if you have to pick one skill, what would it be? Okay. So if I can say top three, know your worth, the glass is always half full and it's okay if you don't know everything. Okay, here we go. We narrowed it down. Can I also add something too, which I think is really important? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett 
always said that it's important to choose your life partner because you know, everybody thinks that, oh, I'm going to marry someone and life is going to be beautiful and, and, and fabulous, but you need to marry a team partner because that person will inspire you and, and help you in your times of stress, in your times of sorrow, in your times of everything. And I think it's really important to choose a really good team partner. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Something to keep in mind. Well, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you. It was so much fun speaking to you as well.